Tech Team Weekly. This show may contain mature language and themes. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the show. This is Tech Team Weekly, your weekly roundup of tech news, brought to you by your friendly neighborhood co-host, Gwen Diagram from Management. Hey, yeah. Hello. Neil Stubb from Testing. Hello. Welcome back, everybody, to Season 2 of the podcast. Indeed. And me, uh, Sanjeev Swani from Engineering. Hello. And uh, like Neil said, uh, we've, we're back from our uh, Christmas and uh, New Year's break now, uh, start of Season 2. Um, and uh, we're starting season two off with a slightly shorter format, including our we're keeping the stand-up updates, and we're keeping the uh, week's epic, um, and we're trimming everything else uh, for now. We're going to see how things go. We're going to see how the season pans out. Um, this week's uh, epic is all about uh, op when open source uh, gets weird. Uh, I guess this is going to be a, about our reliance on open source, the demands on maintainers and contributors, and the potential per uh, perils on both sides, but Neil's going to be telling us all about that. But without further ado, let's roll into the stand-up. The stand-up. Yeah, I wish I could say that I'd had a restful Christmas because it was also my break between finishing at Postman and starting my new job at Elucidat. But classically, as soon as we finished the last podcast, I caught tonsillitis, which knocked me out for about a week. I had no voice. Uh, and I was like, God, at least it's not COVID. Then a week later, I got COVID, uh, which meant we were stuck in isolation over Christmas. Um, luckily, we'd seen all our family a couple of weeks before Christmas in case there were lockdowns, so it wasn't the end of the world, but it was an enforced period of time at home that I could have done without. But uh, into my new job now at Elucidat, it's really, really good fun. Uh, weird, really weirdly, I'm doing loads of things that Gwen has been talking about in the last sort of, five or six episodes of the podcast. Like I've been putting the strangler pattern into use and stuff. We, we have a huge monolithic application which we're going to tear down, replace the microservices, get rid of the dead weight. And it's like, yeah, Gwen's prepared me for all this. It's amazing. And obviously, the books, <laughs> my secret Santa books have stood me in good stead. I will say there are some leadership challenges uh, for myself. Um, some particular things that maybe I, I didn't know were going to happen. Uh, my reporting line has already changed. I was reporting to the head of engineering. I'm now reporting to the CTO. So I've kind of jumped a, a level, uh, which is a little bit more pressure than I'm used to. Uh, but it's good fun and entertaining and everyone's very supportive. Um, my one last thing I want to mention in the stand-up is I did say at the end of the last episode, I didn't know whether I would have kept my uh, Pixel phone or moved on from it. Uh, I've still got it now, but I found the most maddening thing ever. And I think this will come across on the microphone. If I shake my phone in front of the camera, see if you can hear this noise. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's the camera. And I figured uh, I've broken something. Like no my son will throw way. the phone around sometimes. Looked on the internet. It's a thing it does. It's something to do with a telephoto lens because when it's zoomed, when it's not zoomed all the way out, it's there's some room for it to move around. If I quickly open the camera app, which is useless if you're if you're listening on audio, I'm going to put the camera to full zoom and I'm going to shake it in front of the microphone again. Now, oh, it still did it that time. Still rattles. Mm. Yeah, it's a, little mm. bit, a little bit of a rattle, but um, yeah, the internet says it does that, and like it's an eight hundred pound phone, it shouldn't do that. So um, a <laughs> bit annoying, but um, yeah, um, that's basically what's been happening to me since we were last on air. Well, congrats nice. on the new job. I hope it's going well. Yeah, I can't wait to hear how it's mm. going. Like, mm. yeah, that that's amazing. Um, yeah, I'm still trying to find my feet with what I can and can't share. Like, a lot of stuff is is very internal right now, but I'm, I'm looking forward to getting out there and talking about what we're actually doing. Nice. Cool. Can't wait. Sweet. Uh, so I'll do my stand up. So uh, I'm now the head of engineering uh, with like my old CTO has gone. We've We've still got the interim CTO, but like he doesn't do the same thing that uh, David does. Um, well, David did. Uh, so it's been going okay. I've like I really miss David for having all the hard conversations. Now I'm the person that has to have the hard conversations with people, which was interesting when we rolled out the progression framework. Um, loads of different reactions there. People earlier in their careers absolutely love it. 
um, the more experienced people aren't so like in love with it. Um, and it's not perfect. I've learned a lot from it. Uh, like gotten loads of feedback from people. Um, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, apart from that, uh, just doing loads of kind of leadership based stuff. So like with the senior leadership team, well, the entire company is doing EOS, which is a thing called enterprise operating system, um, which I hadn't heard of. Um, but it's not too shit. Like it's all right. So that's good. Like instead of KPIs, you do like these things called rocks and shit like that. But like, yeah, it's fine. Um, signed up to a scaling leaders course, which is like only just started it last week, but that's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, so the senior leadership team's pretty fun, like really interesting. I'm really enjoying seeing how like finance and people's like views on things seem to match up to my own, like particularly around waste. Um, so that's cool. Um, so non-work, I finished Red Dead Redemption 2 since the last podcast. Uh, I have just been so, so happy in that world. So that's been really nice. I'm going to start Red Dead Redemption, the first one. Um, yeah, Christmas was just absolutely bliss. I was really tired. So I love chilling out for two weeks. Um, I'm booking a trip to Australia for April. Um, nice. I haven't been in three years. I'm like so fucking excited to see my family. Um, so yeah, I haven't booked the tickets. I think I'm going to do that today. So uh, stopping over in Singapore, um, like just the airport, not going out for like COVID reasons, but I am going to sort it out. So I get eight hours there. So yeah. Nice me. one. Uh, are, are there like COVID restrictions out in in Australia? They have some pretty strict ones, no? Or is it loosening? Uh, no. Uh, so they've decided to let it rip, okay. uh, as some of them have said. So uh, the Johnson approach. Been, yeah. Yeah, which um, isn't good for the Australians because they've been so sheltered. So it's been quite terrifying for them, like talking to my sister and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so some of them have COVID now, which is really interesting because they're not used to it. Um, I did something really dodgy. I sent my sister some uh, rapid flow tests, uh, lateral flow tests, because they can't get them now. Um, still haven't arrived, but like, yeah, don't know. We'll see. I felt really mm. naughty going to the post office and sending them, <laughs> but yeah. It's like contraband. <laughs> we've got a house full. We've got, we've got more than people ever stockpile toilet paper. I think my wife has a hotline because in schools, like they have to test like daily anyway. So she's just... Whenever she gets a chance to order some, she orders some. We have a room that's just full of the things. So we're, we're probably <laughs> the cause of the shortage, I think. Um, so it's, privileged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Like talking to Tams, it's just like they can't get them at all. And yeah, like rapid flow tests are such a fucking privilege. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully by the time April hits, things will be better. We will just all be in a better position. Yeah, we'll see. So yeah. I'm definitely getting flights that I can get refunds. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a pretty good end date for season two as well. It sounds like yeah. wave going off to Australia and we give you a exactly. break and not to worry about um, scheduling while you're over there as well at the very least. I thought, oh, sorry. I thought we were, you were inviting us to come along with you. I thought that's <laughs> you what the totally plan was. You totally come along. <laughs> yeah. All right. Open invitation. All right, great. <laughs> cool. So uh, let me let me give you my stand-up updates. So, um my beard got very long and it was very like um my nieces thought it was hilarious my, my and i think my parents hated it because <laughs> yeah it was like it was really long anyway i literally just trimmed it all off like uh, uh i've trimmed it a couple of times but yeah this is this is short and um 
I'm going to let it grow out. So you'll see it grow out, I guess, throughout like season two. Um, speaking of things not being shit, I've been using like teams at work and I think it's okay. I, Are you high? I, I am high, <laughs> but I think it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm not high, but I think it's okay. It kind of, you know, it's nice for meetings. I don't know. I just, it, it's, okay. Controversial. Con- I'm sorry. Very controversial. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> So yeah, Christmas and New Year's, that sort of period was quite socializing for me, lots of like meals out, uh, and then it's been pretty quiet since then, you know, I like, uh, I think it's nice to sort of chill out a little bit. Um, Work's been ramping up uh, quite a lot, I'm getting a lot more involved in lots of things, and now, of course, the curse of becoming a a subject matter expert on things, you know, so it's like, oh, great, you know, here we go. Um, But yeah, that's okay. So yeah, things are just really, really busy. And you know, like when we started, I didn't, I wasn't working. So I had lots of time to do this. And now I'm like, oh my God, I have no time. I don't know how, I don't know how people manage, especially people with kids like Neil, you know. Um, I don't get it. I need a nap after work sometimes. (laughs) And I'm like, what, how do people that like, yeah, what do you do? Do you have naps, Neil, after work? Uh, everything else just gets pushed aside. I mean, he, he naps about our son during the day. So sometimes you, you nap when he naps because you don't know when it's going to come. Um, we have just started getting him to sleep in his own room for the first time, which is giving us um, a bit more peace than, than usual. But uh, you just push things to the side. Like we're recording this five hours later in the day than we normally would. And that's because he wanted to go and see Hey Dougie at the cinema. And we got a train into Manchester, which took us an hour. We sat in the cinema for one minute and he was bored. And we got an hour train back and there was a, a Nando's and shit in the middle. But uh, yeah, just just... I'm a story who's incredibly organized. I've just had to learn to let go of that because you won't get through. If, if you need mm. to be organized by a, a baby brain, you, you're not going to succeed. <laughs> do you nap after work, Sanj? Uh, I, I don't. I do. Once in a while, every once in a while, I'll need a nap. Like, I'll just mm. be so tired. But mm-hmm. yeah, regularly, no. But it's nice. It's nice to get one in when you yeah. feel it. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, there's, there's some other stuff, which maybe I'll save, uh, for next week's update, but, um, I did want to just say, I did order a new Herman Miller chair and it should be here in like a week or two. So, yeah. Which one? Um, I don't know. It was like, I, I don't know. It was like, uh, it was like, um, a good-ish one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We what got it... the mirror too. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they make your life better. You'll be a happy person. I'm sure. My butt yeah. will be a, li- a live unboxing. You, you should uh, you should try I'll to send it on air one episode, like at the start of the episode, see if we can get it okay. done before we finish. Okay. No, they so they come pre-assembled and oh, wow. they have their own team that delivers them as well. I oh, think. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Okay. It's well, wild. We'll see. It's going to be big. <laughs> this week's epic. This week's epic comes courtesy of a think piece on TechCrunch discussing the current state of play with open source software creation. It references a couple of big stories which happened over our Christmas break. Most recently, there was the story of Marek Squires, creator of libraries such as Faker, which have millions of weekly downloads, who, for reasons unclear, intentionally replaces code's output with garbage, remedying his packages unusable. And in the case of some big name projects like Amazon's Cloud Development Kit, it knocked some really big name services offline altogether. And Squires has previously publicly stated, I'm no longer gonna support Fortune 500s and other smaller companies with my free work. There are loads of other ticking time bombs out there. For example, the curl library, which is the backbone of most connected services and the whole of the internet of things, is still essentially being maintained by the goodwill of one developer. And many of us felt the pains last month of the Log4j vulnerability, where a serious security flaw in a tidy logging library left us all searching our code bases to see if we were using it or if we were using anything that used it. 
You can certainly see why developers might want to be rewarded if their free work achieves mainstream success, but there are good ways and bad ways of achieving that. And companies who are innocuously incorporating open source packages into their applications might want to think about that. Guys, we're all guilty, right, of just going npm install thing we've heard of that's quite good, right? Yeah, all the time, of course. There used to be a lot of, um, like, when you installed things, it would ask for donations to the developers. Mm. Uh, I don't see that so much anymore, but I that might be because I don't code so much anymore. So maybe it's still there when you're installing loads of stuff. It's. I feel like there was like a, a period where it was really prevalent and I think it's come down a bit now, but often mm. they'll put it on like their NPM page or like, you know, in their readme or something, they'll have, they'll have like a sponsor me or buy me a coffee. Mm. But it is, I mean, I love open source and there's, you know, I speak and present about open source all the time, you know, and I'm a huge evangelist of it. You know, I contribute to it. I maintain my own open source repos as well. And it's so important, right? There's not one single thing that we can do online or digitally anywhere in the universe, right? That is not thanks to open source, right? Mm -hmm. Every single thing we do is backed by so many open source projects, right? And essentially just the goodwill of people, right? Just, just putting this out there because other people have done the same before them, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would really be interested to find out how much goodwill there is around particularly large projects. I mean, I mean, like Faker is so synonymous with, you know, I'll just install that and uh, Colors is one of the other packages he installs. Um, it's just like a nice bit of shine mm. on your console or whatever. Um, mm. But but yeah, does that bring him any income? I, I have no idea. I suspect that it will be a trickle at best. I, I would say that, I mean, the nature of open source, I don't think anyone goes into it with the expectation of making money. It's there to, you know, to help yourself to learn and to put yourself out there and advertise your coding skills, maybe, and to get well-known in the community to, to give you other opportunities. But that said, if you're suddenly finding yourself, you, you've developed something that's used by the entirety of the internet, you deserve to have some form of mm. conversation like that. I mean, with something like music, for example, you know, if you record a, a track, put it on Spotify and no one listens to it, great. But if, if in a year's time, it goes viral for some reason and you've got a million downloads, there's a process in place that says, actually, you're already popular now. You are entitled to get this according to our sliding scale, um, which I, I mentioned Spotify. That's, that's, it's still mm. incredibly stingy. Uh, but, you know, there, there should be some built-in system that says, um, effectively, you're owed your dues. And I don't know where those dues would come from. Yeah, because there's no, because the thing is, like, with Spotify, they, they generate that re revenue with ads, right? So could we could we do a thing like GitHub or NPM like now are feeding us ads into the terminal as we're coding and that revenue then goes to open source developers? This it's not is your fault. Hello Fresh. <laughs> a lot of the time it's not your fault that uh, you aren't paying for it either. Like oh, yeah. sometimes so the company won't let you use things that you have to pay for or something like that. So you getting the ads isn't the right person getting the ads the cfo or whatever should be getting the ads you know mm. like it's hurting the people that sometimes can't make the changes although they can also be the ones who ask for the budget to actually buy the things so yeah it can go both ways i guess yeah personally i, I do try to demonstrate some goodwill when i'm using packages that i know have been de um, developed by a you know a, a lone a lone wolf um i know good friends from the testing community danny dainton uh, built a a plugin for Postman's uh, Newman reporter that is like a, a HTML report output for Postman's test engine. Uh, and he built that off, off his own back before he joined the company. 
and he did he, he stuck a like a, a buy me a coffee button uh, on his page and i know a few people have clicked that at the time i mean i'm sure it's probably not not enough to keep him up with his coffee demands but um mm. i like to try and give it a little bit back and similarly i was doing some work recently just on a, a pet project using um an unofficial peloton api they get some data at peloton that's not actually peloton don't provide you um and i was planning to do some stuff with that and i've actually i've, I've contacted, contacted the developer and said look this stuff is really useful for me personally. You know, do you have like a PayPal or just a something that you're not asking for stuff, but can I throw you a bit? Because this has really saved me, you know, building it myself. Um, but that, again, that doesn't scale to, as as, uh, as Marek Squires was saying, you know, suddenly the whole of Fortune 500 is using your project. Uh, mm. if, um, if you try, try to go into those companies and sell them real off-the-shelf software, you'd be a millionaire. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what on earth it was, but um, we were using some tool and uh some of the open source community had created some of like an extension to the tool and then the tool ended up putting that into the application and putting that behind like a paywall basically so like they'd taken something from open source mm -hmm. and eaten it and then made people pay for it and people were just like this is this is fucked you can't mm -hmm. do that mm -hmm. i can't remember who it was I'm sure it's not even that uncommon, right? Mm. So, so the two two points that got me about this story, right? Firstly, because of the whole nature of the ecosystem and the infrastructure, right? Conceptually behind open source, right? Everything is versioned, right? So, so the thing is, he did a major version bump and broke it. Yeah, fine, fair enough. Just like just downgrade, go to the, go to the previous version. Everything's working great. I don't see the problem. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a bit of a big story. He's doing it to make a point, I feel, right? But I'd love to hear your opinions on that. The other thing that really annoyed me, sorry to go on, is that GitHub banned his account. They kicked him off GitHub. But that, this is his own public, this is his, it's a public repo of his. It's his code base. If he wants to make a change, I don't see the problem. So the story behind uh, Marek Squire's wasn't there something weird? He he had quite bad mental health problems, and I think he was uh, building uh, weapons or something like that. Like I can't remember exactly the yeah. story, but yeah, he wasn't well. No, um, but banning him from GitHub, like, isn't really the answer. No, is whether they've got him on something like vandalism, well, but you know, he's vandalizing his own stuff. He's made yeah. it to his own project that he's entitled to do. Um, and it comes down to, yeah, who, who's using it. And, and just to go back to, to one of Sanji's points just now, like there, there was, a, there are problems on both sides here because you suggested, yeah, you could, you could just downgrade or, you know, in your um, package JSON, just have like a, a fixed version number and say, we're also going to use that version. But that's when you then hit the log4j problem of, of we're using a fixed version. You now need to keep in touch with all of the fixed versions of all the libraries you're using to understand if they're having updates and what the reason for those are and are there any major security holes so you know mm. then you suddenly have to become self-vigilant of every package you use rather than just having good faith that everything's going to keep working it's a very difficult balance mm. yeah no. i guess oh sorry Sam. no no not not an easy one definitely on on the, the question of versions you know um that's always a tricky matter sorry gwen go ahead uh i mean there's toolings to tell you when there's toolings to tell you when there's security flaws, so isn't there? You can't, mm. you can't monitor all of that yourself. But I don't know how well that works with like previous versions and stuff like that. I mean, it'll just tell you to upgrade, won't it? Mm. <laughs> so this guy is so much of it. I mean, just when I was installing uh, my team's uh, new application, uh, you know, getting up to speed on day one, you know, you hit like run our Python install script, and it just goes brew install. 
blah, 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 200 things and just like, I assume they're all fine. <laughs> I assume yeah. someone's done a check on those. Yeah. Do either of you um, contribute to uh, any open source or, or maintain any open source stuff? No. I haven't done. I've got. I've, I've got a desire to. And I know parts of those community are quite um, cliquey. Like sometimes you know mm. you, you're going to try and submit a PR something and you get shot down in flames because you know they've got some other plan of where they want to take it, their own grand vision. Um, mm. I did manage to get like the it's like a GitHub badge for like Arctic mm. Code Vault something. Yeah. Like if, if you yeah. commit to a particular thing, you get that. I've got yeah. that badge and I can can't figure out why. I'm not sure what I can commit to. I think I must have forked <laughs> something randomly. And that fork <laughs> counts as part of the big picture, but. Yeah. What do you um, what do you contribute to, Sam? So much, not a whole lot recently. But I went through a phase where I just went open source crazy. Like literally, I was going to conferences and stuff. Like so, I've contributed. The majority of my stuff is contributed to Google repos, mm -hmm. mostly Google AMP, which everyone hates. But <laughs> we were we were using at work, and you know, it's an, it was interesting to, to to code for it. You know what I mean? as opposed to using it, because the code is all JavaScript. Mm -hmm. um, I have contributed to like the Facebook uh, documentation. And that was, that. this is an in interesting story. Whenever I do a talk, I always mention this and I show like the, the tweets and stuff. It took, it was like literally like, I don't know, 10, 20 lines of documentation. That's it in the end. And it took like over a month because it was like over sort of Christmas and New Year's. But I was going back and forth with Dan Abramov, you know? The, the man himself, you know, from, from Facebook, you know, one of the, the core contributors to, to React, right? Um, and he gave me a nice shout out at the end of the day on Twitter, you know, he was like, oh. thanks a lot for, you know, sticking with it and, you know, getting, getting across the finish line. And actually, my, my, my experience of open source um, anyway it, is that generally people are quite sort of nice and, you know, they'll help you out. It's, it's generally not the kind of person like you described, Neil. That's, although I'm sure those people are out there. Yeah. Generally in the open source world, I feel like people are very welcoming and very happy that anyone wants to help in any way. I think a lot, a lot of my bad experiences, if this is a slight pivot, but a lot of my bad experiences come from my history at editing Wikipedia, which is something I did in the early 2010s quite a bit. And the edit wars and the pedantry around there are, are ridiculous. Like you, you're going to fix someone's bad grammar and they've, they've got a reason why their bad grammar needs to stay. It's just like, it's, it's not the world for me. I know we, we did a, we did a news, uh, news bite about it um, last season for the woman who was just trying to destroy Nazis on Wikipedia and, and the challenges she was facing and the accusations leveled at her. It's that, that's a difficult community to break into. Mm. But again, we, we, we all just, we will pick stuff off Wikipedia. We'll use it as, as truth. And, and yeah. Stories of people who've, who've read something on the news because they found it on Wikipedia and it turns out someone had put it in because it was part of an edit war and, it was never true. I I gave twenty five quid to Wikipedia a couple of weeks ago. They Did got you? Me. Yeah, their their stupid banner at the top going, make, guilting you out every time you know you go there. It goes, yeah, fine, thank you. Can, can I ask when you do that? Does it at least like throw something in your local storage that says you've done it, so that it doesn't bother you for another six months? Because I think that's the one thing holding me back is like if if, if I tell, if I give you some money now, you get yeah. more money tomorrow. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't seen the pop-up in a while, so maybe it, it did do that. Okay, well, let's go through your local storage and tell me what it saved so I can get okay. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, cool. So do, do we do we have any final thoughts on this, on this epic? What do, you, what do you guys think? I mean, this is, this is an odd story, right? It's a really odd story. And I think that, you know, some... The dude from, like, Marek's mental health contributed to the problem a lot um, with Faker. Um, 
and yeah, but so I guess that's what I think needs to be kept in mind. Um, mm. Yeah, open source is a really good place for people to like get used to the coding process and how to work with other people and understand pull requests and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I guess like it can just be torn away from you if it is an open source. But goddamn, I am happy that it's just not all corporations yeah. owning the libraries. Could you imagine? Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's yeah. We're so unique in our in our industry, right? that we have something like this, right? Like the, the very notion of this thing called open source and there's so much of it that we use every day. Yeah, it's amazing. Like it is, politically, yeah. it's incredible. Open source is basically as close we've ever got as we've ever got to that like dream of what the internet could be that we had in the mid nineties of like, oh, we're all gonna work together and do this great stuff. And Wikipedia obviously is another one of those I will bundle that in with there. It's like, yeah, people coming together to, to make things better. And the, the cases we've talked about today are definitely the the extremes, uh, but they are they do point to the fact that we, we need vigilance in what we're using. Uh, not just, you know, do we know what we're using and who's maintaining it, but also, you know, um, are we supporting these people? Um, are we incentivizing them to carry on producing them? Um, do we know if these things go away? Um, what's our uh, backup plan if this package that we're relying on suddenly disappears? The wash up. It was really nice to be back. Uh, so nice to see you both. It's, yeah. it's been, feels like ages, but yeah, yeah, uh, yeah it's good. Uh, so yeah. Uh, let us know what you think of the new format, whether you like it like a lot shorter. Um, I'm sure Sanj with his editing, he'll be like, this is bliss. Um, <laughs> so yeah, any any other feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and yeah, watch out for when we tweet out what the next epic is or chuck it on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, please consider subscribing. Cheers. See you next, See week. next week, everybody. Good day. Bye. Ta-da. <laughs>